Hi friends, thank you for joining me. Before we get started, I wanted to ask a favor of our growing community of listeners. If you like the show and it's connecting with you, please spread the word by telling a friend, sharing it online, or writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate your support. And without further ado, let's begin. If you think human perspectives can't change, consider space. Ignition sequence start. Engines on. Five, four, three, two, one. All engines running. Launch commit. Liftoff. We have liftoff. Well, space is there. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Hello, Houston. What a fantastic sight. Roger. Oh, this is really profound. I'll tell you, it's fantastic. When we first left our atmosphere, we saw something. That changed everything. We saw us from the outside. Astronauts call it the overview effect, and it is spiritually disruptive. Considering that only a few hundred humans have ever gone to space, it's an exclusive view, one shared through a unique and life-altering experience. What can we learn from these modern-day explorers? What can we, on Earth, take away into our lives so we don't have to leave our planet to be transformed? Let's ask someone who's been there. I feel like I'm not encumbered by all the issues and problems and wars that goes on. I'm completely outside of it. I've escaped it. If I could just make people see what I'm seeing, perhaps they would also have the same experience and we would stop fighting with each other over little meaningless things. We can actually open our mind and see the universe around us and, and expand our horizons of what we believe exists and become who we really are, explorers. I'm Deepak Chopra, and this is Infinite Potential, where we explore what makes us conscious beings and why it matters that we are. Anushe Ansari was born in Iran and is, for now, the only Iranian woman to have left the Earth's atmosphere. I've known Anushe for a while, and it's always been inspiring to talk with her. Welcome, Anushe. It's a pleasure. So, how many women astronauts are there? Do you know, roughly? I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around 52, that number grows, thankfully, <laughs> but still only 10% of the total number. Did you grow up as a child in, in Tehran, in Iran? Yes, I, uh, I was born in Mashhad, the second largest city, but then moved to Tehran and grew up in Tehran. 
and grew up under beautiful night skies uh, over Mount Damavand, where I fell in love with the stars and uh, wanted to become an astronaut. So how old were you when you first became fascinated by stars? I think I was probably six or seven years old. Because we didn't have air conditioning, summer nights we would sleep outside, and that was my introduction to the stars and the night skies. And I would just watch them as they would slowly come on, as the skies would turn darker and move uh, across the night skies. And it was uh, this beautiful dance and this magical place I wanted to go and discover and, and kept thinking about what's out there, if there are other beings, other life forms out there. And So this is when you were six years old. When did you come to the United States? I was uh, about 16 years old when uh, I finally uh, left Iran and came to U.S. to go to school and study. And coming here, first thought was, oh, I'm going to join NASA and become an astronaut. But um, life had other plans for me. And being a young girl from Iran who didn't speak English, uh, who this was also around uh, right after hostage crisis. So uh, Iran and Iranians were not like on the top of the list uh, here in U.S. So I ended up going to school and uh, per direction and advice of my mom studied something where I could get a job actually. <laughs> and then how did you end up becoming an astronaut? In a very roundabout way, <laughs> my husband and I, working in the technology sector, started our first company and uh, with my brother-in-law. And we, uh, all three of us, started building products and built companies and grow them. And when we were on our, I think it was fourth company, I watched a news clip about Dennis Tito. And uh, Dennis Tito was talking about going to space with the Russians. I wanted to realize my dream of flying in space. Dennis Tito spent a week on the International Space Station. It was paradise. Tito traveled on a Russian spacecraft. And I figured, oh, if I can't find any other way to go to space, this would be my way. Because throughout all those years, my heart was still in, you know, finding a way to go to space. So when I saw that, it became sort of a motivation to build my company to a size where I could actually have money to do it because that was the only thing keeping me from achieving my dream at that so point. So basically you were an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So what was the mechanism by which you got into this? So I went to uh, Moscow actually uh, and trained as a backup uh, and learned about the program first. And uh, I signed up to do it because I felt that this is a step that will get me closer to achieving what I wanted to do. So I went there and um, uh, I trained for about a year near Moscow in Star City at their uh, military facility. In Russia? In Russia. Hmm. And went through the regular astronaut training. How intense was the training? The training was pretty intense from, you know, 7 a.m. to 8, 7, 8 p.m., um, classroom training, a lot of physical training, doing simulations of different emergency situations, learning all the systems and doing repairs on them. Some were easier for me as an engineer, some were totally new to me. And also psychologically, we went through a lot of discussions about how does it feel to be in space? How does it feel to be isolated? How does it feel to be in a capsule for like two days, uh, you know, not being able to move? So they wanted to make sure that, you know, you wouldn't panic. 
Toward the end of it, they approached me and asked me if I wanted to actually go to space. And of course, first I thought it's a practical joke. I dismissed it. After that, I just, you know, I was elated. I was so excited. And I'm like, you know, I'm here for a reason. And this was meant to be. And so I said, yes. How, if I may ask, how old were you when you signed up to be an astronaut? I was 40 years old. When I flew to space, actually, I just um, celebrated my 40th birthday in Kazakhstan with the Russian space agency. So finally the day comes. How many people are in this capsule? Um, There were three of us. So you're in this space capsule and suddenly you're in space with no gravity. The rocket basically uh, takes this capsule to space and it takes about maybe about 20 minutes to be in weightlessness. But still you're strapped in your seat. And um, when they check and make sure everything is okay, um, then you're allowed to open your seatbelt. And when I did, I started floating up and it was this giddy, crazy (laughs) moment that you realize I'm really in space because you're floating and it's nothing like it. It must have been exhilarating, was it? It it was. It was amazing. And um, soon after I floated up, there was a porthole next to me where I was able to look out and see the Earth and that image of our planet, you know, right out there, It was one of the most profound experiences I had. I'm trying to imagine this. You're looking out through the porthole. Is uh, is it bright outside or is it dark? Uh, What do you see in the distance? You see this blue planet, but between where you are, the porthole, and planet Earth, is it all dark or is it uh, full of light? Everything around our planet is dark, and when the sun is shining on it, you can see the beautiful colors of blue and green and brown and white of the clouds. And uh, as we orbit, and the position of the space station or the capsule toward the Earth changes, then you can see the night line move, shift on planets. So that's where the sun is now not shining on that part of the planet, and then it becomes dark. At that point, when the sun is not reflecting off of the surface, you can't see the planet anymore. Instead, what you see is all around this incredible number of stars. And as I said, I love the night skies, and I have never seen night skies like this. And I described it in in my notes as, like, someone spread diamond dust on a black velvet blanket, and it was an incredible sight. Just having that perspective is almost like a religious experience. It's a unity experience, it's a spiritual experience. What is the feeling? It is a sort of an awakening. It's a it's a perspective shift. It's like a rebirth. Everything that sort of makes you who you are, your memories, your parents, your loved ones, everything you know 
is right in front of you. So it's almost like an out-of-body experience of, you know, looking back at something but being completely detached from it. You are sort of going through this experience of realizing how small and insignificant everything is around you and and the place you call home is very tiny part of something much bigger. So that realization humbles you. But at the same time, to me, I felt a sense of freedom that I have never felt before. You mentioned uh, the feeling of immense freedom, and yet you're in a capsule, which is how big is the capsule? Well, the capsule is enough just space for three people to stand next to each other, so it's pretty small. How long does it take to get to the space station? My trip was about two days. Now they can do it less than a day, but... um, Are you circling the Earth at the same time? Yes. And you circle once every, what, 90 minutes or something like that? Yes, so you orbit the Earth every 90 minutes, and then... When you're in the capsule, not only that, you are spinning around your own axis. So it's quite distracting. So not only you see um, Earth going through a 90-minute cycle, you actually um, are rotating around. It's one of those uh, difficult parts of the trip where your body is going through a lot of changes and you need to get acquainted with them and it um, makes you... I feel like you have motion sickness. So, And do you acclimatize to that in the two days? Yes. And that's another, um, you know, learning from this trip that I learned and realized humans are amazing, adaptable beings. I mean, it took me maybe a day or two to adapt to my new environment. An environment that hardly anyone has ever experienced. Yeah. Throughout the history of our species, right? Yeah. It's not some like something you train in for school. And during those two days, you're simultaneously squeezed into the volume of this little space capsule, but you're also surrounded by infinity at the same time. <laughs> In an infinite space. <laughs> and, uh, and you say the feeling was one of freedom. I think maybe because you, you're not, no longer imprisoned by the gravity of your planet, you feel like, mm. okay, if I escape that, I can escape anything. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I was detached completely from our planet, but I had a sense of, you know, belonging still to it. But it, I felt like I'm not encumbered by all the issues and problems and wars that goes on. I'm completely outside of it. I've escaped it. If I could just make people see what I'm seeing, perhaps they would also have the same experience and we would stop fighting with each other over little meaningless things. We can actually open our mind and see the universe around us and and expand our horizons of what we believe um, exists and, you know, become who we really are, explorers, and, and explore and experience this universe, this world around us in a different way, instead of just being so, you know, tied up with this notion of countries and rules and, and things artificial that just tie constructs, right? Exactly, all artificial. When you look at our planet from space, and everyone has seen pictures of 
Earth from space. You can tell there is no lines or walls or dividing or boundaries. These are things that we created. We drew on a piece of paper and they constantly change. So if we drew them, if we created them, we can, you know, do away with them and then start anew. Did you have any fear? Not really. Because I wanted to go to space and I imagined that since I was very young, when I was in space, I felt like it was almost like being home. It was like I I belonged here. Did you have this feeling of extreme mystical bewilderment of what is happening after all? You're not even an ant on a speck of dust in all the beaches of the world. And yet you have a consciousness that can not only take you to these different realms of existence, but actually make you wonder who you are. Did you have some experience that kind of totally blew your mind beyond all rationality, as we call it? So Deepak, actually, I've had this experience every time I uh, study astronomy, every time I study cosmology, and I learn about these concepts of relativity and time and how they're all relative. And when I learn about them, it's like I feel like my mind is going to blow up. And when I was in space, I felt like I came now one step closer to feeling it and experiencing it and sensing it with my own eyes. And when you're in space, because of the vastness, the infiniteness of space, it makes you also really feel like you're not an individual. You're a dot in a line. So I didn't feel like I have a small part in a life that I started and then it comes to an end and I disappear and then that's it. But I felt that I am part of something bigger, a collective, a a, a storyline for whatever reason that I may not understand. So it just felt good, felt empowering, gave me this uh, warmth at heart that carries me through all the difficult times. We all think we're the center of the universe and we're in control of everything. And it's this realization that helps me through at these points in my life to just let go. When we come back, we'll find out what it's like after transcending human experience to literally come back down to earth. I'm a big advocate for understanding who you are and what you need to be healthy. Talkspace Online Therapy allows you to take care of your mental health without breaking the bank. It is quite accessible and you can communicate with your therapist of choice through unlimited text, audio, picture or video messages. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code DEEPAK to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's DEEPAK, 
and Talkspace.com. Let's return to our conversation. Welcome back. We left with Anushe circling the globe in outer space. But it came time for her to return to Earth's surface. And like many journeys, the return turned out to be as important as the departure. I went through this re-entry experience that felt like I was riding a shooting start, got very hot and my body was adjusting to uh, the temperature differences and everything and the G-forces. And then we landed and it was this beautiful, very early morning in the desert of Astana. And when they opened the capsule, had this breath of fresh air that came in and washed over me and it was beautiful. It was, uh, I I can only imagine because I don't remember when a a child is born and they take their first breath. Probably that's how it feels. It felt really good and it reconnected me back to Earth and our our planet. But uh, I was not the same person anymore. I had experienced our world differently. I had seen it from space where I had seen it as this one home, one place, one unique place in this universe that can help me have this breath because we have this atmosphere that creates it for us. And because of that, uh, I was looking at everything differently. And I had dreamed of going to space and I had this big goal in front of me and I had accomplished it. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do at that moment. At the same time, I felt this peace inside me because of having been able to see Earth and understand, in a way, my place in it, my place in the universe. It really helped me have this inner peace. The first instinct was, how can I make everyone feel like I'm feeling right now and have this inner peace? Because then, you know, this world will be a different place. As I'm listening to you, I'm also kind of getting this insight that in a sense we are all infinite beings, timeless, but having the experience of a finite, local, time-bound, mortal being. Mm -hmm. This amazing combination of deep mystical insight and scientific truth coming together that we are in fact infinite beings having a finite experience. And that at that level of infinity, you said, you know, I'm a small piece of dust or whatever, but you're still the center of the universe because infinity has no center. Wherever wherever you are, you are the center of the universe. And that center is a speck of consciousness. As you came back, and now you're here living on planet Earth with all the trials and tribulations of the human experience. As you said, do do things bother you at the same way that uh, they bother other human beings? Different things bother me. Yes, things bother me. Things like war and injustice bother me. Uh, it doesn't bother me that there's traffic anymore or that, you know, I'm late for a meeting or, you know, I come down with a, you know, massive headache or whatever. The small human experiences that it's something that's really insignificant don't bother me anymore. Um, The planetary 
problems and issues climate change climate war, change wars eco destruction those are the things that bother me because and they should bother all of us they should bother all of us and i think you know we talk about consciousness and to me uh, we have individually we experience and have consciousness but there's also a collective consciousness so i think as we expand our consciousness and can feel and feel connected to each other then we can uh, really see what are the real problems or issues and not feel powerless but feel empowered because we know we can work together to solve them and i that those are the things that today bother me because i feel like i want to go around and shake people and wake them up and 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 say don't you get it <laughs> don't you understand what's going on here you're part of a group of astronauts that is wanting to make a shift in the world and in our collective consciousness talk to me about this uh, association we call a, a this group that we just formed constellation because we wanted to be a constellation of diverse group of people not just even astronauts everyone from around the world who wants to join us and people who have had this experience of being able to have the perspective shift to look at our world through a different lens and to see how interconnected we are so um what is the mission of this organization constellation the mission of our organization is to um bring about through this experience of seeing earth through a different lens to be able to collectively imagine a different future a future that doesn't have all the problems we have today here we are in a very critical moment of our evolution as a species where we are exploring the seas of outer space but then we have an inner space as well you know there are adventures within human consciousness that humans have dreamed of but now is the time to see the exploration of both inner space and outer space because unless the inner experience of identity also transforms the exploration of outer space will just be another colonization a repeat history of the past of cruelty of plunder of exploitation of even tribalism who do we need to become in order to become the true explorers of reality so i think um if i go back in time and look at the early human beings they somehow understand their interconnectedness with the world they live in they don't see themselves as separate they feel that they're part of a larger collective and because of that they can live and explore their environment without harming it without leaving a footprint that won't you know be erased and i think for us to become real explorers of this universe we need to first understand that interconnectedness we have with the entire world and and as we go about exploring it we respect it so if we don't do that then we repeat the same mistakes that we've made through history we need to understand our relationship with the universe and the world in a better more profound way before we start you know setting a path to 
explore the rest of our galaxies and hopefully someday other galaxies. You know, your experience in this conversation is making me question who we are. The ancients spoke of reincarnation, of beings. But essentially, everything recycles. Are we just recycled aliens on this planet? <laughs> well, my husband certainly thinks so about me. <laughs> he thinks I'm an alien. But uh, but yes, actually, that's one of the theories about uh, how life came about to be on our planet, that we didn't start from just Earth without an intervention from an alien uh, species. And they not necessarily sending a spaceship here, but matter carried through, you know, intergalactic meteorites that landed on our planet. And the planet was just fertile to grow that life and, and make it made it made it into who we are. Yeah, but, you know, I was reading that the carbon in your fingernails the oxygen going to your brain and your hemoglobin, the iron in your blood, all these different components that are there in your body could have come from different galaxies, literally. It took the whole universe to <laughs> make you and me. Absolutely. When we come back, Anushe shares how space redefined the way she sees herself and just maybe how you can change right here on Earth. Information is one of the greatest treasures on this earth. But in today's world, the influx of information is beginning to get overwhelming. But there's a new app that will help you sift through all the information to date. Blinkist is the only app that takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes so you can read or listen to. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com infinite to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com infinite to start your free seven-day trial. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash infinite. With stress and anxiety, many people can often feel exhausted during the day. But then it's time to go to bed and they just can't fall asleep. If worry is affecting your days and nights, it's probably also affecting your overall health. That's why we are partnering with Calm the number one app to help you reduce your anxiety and stress and help you sleep better. If you head to calm.com slash infinite, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription. Right now, Infinite Potential listeners can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash infinite. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash infinite. Get unlimited access to all of Calm's content today at calm.com slash infinite. And now, back to space with Anushe Ansari. 
How does Anushe think of herself? Does she think of herself as a human being in the big taxonomy of uh, biological life or as an Iranian or as a woman or as a futurist or all these different ways of looking at Anushe? I, I love and I always use that I'm stardust because I love the stars and I I am from the stars. But um, I'm an earthling and that's the only designation I ever want to use or uh, ever should use. Um, I don't think any of the other designations that we use, whether it is he, she, Muslim, astronaut, I don't know, engineer. Just labels. Just labels. Boxes we create and we put ourselves in those boxes to just separate us from other people. And it's it's what causes issues and problems. You're reminding me of Rumi, one of the greatest poets of all time, Persian poet. And he said, um, don't ask me who I am because I came from the stars and I might be the universe looking at itself through human eyes or human consciousness. Beautiful. So when I was 23 years old, just finished from medical school, I was in uh, India uh, after medical school in a small village outside of Delhi where there was no running water, no electricity. And the neighbors brought in a young man who's adolescent, 16, 17 years old, I'm talking in 1969, I was the local physician in that little village and they said, we want you to treat this young man because he's become insane. He's psychotic. Can you give him an injection? So I said, why do you think he's insane? He says, he just came back from Delhi and he's saying nonsensical things. I said, like what? He said that there are men who have landed on the moon. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong, 38-year-old American standing on the surface of the moon. And, you know, these villagers were (laughs) worshipping the moon as a goddess. Yeah. And uh, so I said to the young man, I said, you are saying that men have landed on the moon and for them, moon is a goddess. He says, well, there are so many moons. (laughs) There are moons upon moons upon moons. Smart man. This is 23 years old. I'm still, you know, trying to figure it out myself. I had no idea I would be meeting you in the studio and talking about these deep mysteries of our existence. So our story is evolving. Our story as human beings is still evolving. And I think one of the things that everybody should be thinking about is, are we going to stop this evolution? Are we going to stop this story by becoming extinct through our madness right now, through our tribal identity, when in fact we are stardust intergalactic beings? We all start our journey with a question and I think is uh, the question that we ask is what will help us find our ways and 
you know, maybe your journey started in that village when you were trying to figure out why there are so many moons. And my journey started when I was looking at, up at those shiny objects. And it's like, what are they? I want to understand what they are. And we need to ask those questions. We need to ask those profound, deep open questions and go on a journey to find the answers and I know the answers won't be in this separatism that we live and it will bring us together. A lot of people are listening to us right now especially younger people who will hopefully still be there to explore stars and galaxies and find their true identity. What would you say to all those people? How would you personally give them hope? So I would take a page out of uh, your book, Deepak, and I would say, close your eyes, take a deep, deep breath, and as you let it out, imagine yourself floating and imagine seeing our planet from space. This is our home. And when we say our home, it means everyone, every single being, human or non-human, on this planet every species on this planet, and it belongs to us, and we make it what it is. It is up to us to find a way to make sure that we can keep it beautiful, keep it diverse, and to keep it uh, full of life as it is today. Ask yourself, what is a simple thing you can do today that will help you achieve that? So we need to have that kind of cosmic identity in order to be true explorers of reality. You and your colleagues are paving the way to our universal identity. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Ready to copy. Go with the pre-burn pad. You are that close. It's a beautiful little planet, blue and white, and set in the black emptiness of the universe surrounded by billions of bright stars as a backdrop. Looking real good, Wally, coming right down the line. Glad you copy that. This journey's been wonderful for me. It's a personal and spiritual experience that I will cherish forever. If you want to know more about Constellation, Anusha's consciousness-raising organization, visit constellation.earth. Wherever you go, Think about Anusha's message. We are all Earthlings. Fellow Earthling, thank you for listening. Mission Control reports that we have confirmation of a good landing. I hope you enjoyed it. Now it's time for our gratitude list. Infinite Potential is produced by David Shadrach-Smith and Julie Magruder and edited by Andy Jaskiewicz. The audio engineer is Bob Tabador. Carolyn Rangel is our associate producer and Serena Regan is the coordinating producer. We especially thank our guests, sponsors, interns and everyone who has contributed to bring Infinite Potential to you. Our show is created and executive produced by David Shadrach-Smith, Jan Cohen, and me. I'm Deepak Chopra, and this is Infinite Potential.